What's going on, everybody? It's another episode of To Be Continued with Cristela Alonso. And as always, I am the Cristela Alonso part of the podcast. How's everybody doing? I, look, can we celebrate? I'm doing another podcast. It's been a week. I, really, I I recorded the podcast last Tuesday. I couldn't upload it till Friday because I had some technical issues. But it's Tuesday. And I am recording another podcast. So here I am. Here I am, the one that you love. Actually, I don't know how you feel about me. I mean, you might be hate hearing this thing. Is that a thing? Hate hearing? I mean, we we do hate watch, right? Like, we hate watch things. It's kind of like, I don't understand the point of that. But I will watch things I don't like just to be like, oh, I hate this. So if you're hate hearing me, Hola, hello, how are you? Um, I hope everybody's having a uh, a great week. I hope everybody's having the best week they can have. I, myself, uh, I'm in a good mood right now. You know, it's funny because uh, I've noticed that um, I want to talk, I want to do the podcast when I'm in a good mood because I want to see if I can share the energy. And it's weird because... It's so weird because, you know, how do you share energy through audio? But I thought, you know what? I'm feeling pretty, pretty cool right now. So I'm going to take my time. I'm going to check in with everybody, see how everybody's doing. So I hope you guys are doing great. I am uh, still on lock. I'm on lockdown. I am still on lockdown. It's been a month. And uh, honestly, I think it's going to go on for a while. Uh, I live in California. I live in Los Angeles. And, you know, we've gotten to that point now with the coronavirus where, you know, everybody wants the country to open up, go back to normal life, whatever normal was before. And everybody wants to know when, when can we do this? And I get it, man. You know, I understand it. I mean, think about it. It, There's so many people in dire need of work right now that can't work because of this health crisis. The thing is, though, that I, I, I hope everybody understands that, that the most important thing we can do right now is to make sure that everybody is safe. It's so weird to me that we have to do such extreme measures to be safe, but we have to be safe. I don't, I don't want to lose anybody. I don't have to, you know, and, uh, and it is such a weird time to be in. The other day, my friend uh, texted me and said, yeah, she's married, she has kids, and she texted me to let me know that school is officially done, you know, until the fall. And it's funny because the first thing I thought, I don't have children. The first thing I thought was, I yikes. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's such a weird thing. I always wonder right now with parents, with parents that have children, well, why... Well, what kind of parent doesn't have children? That's a dumb thing for me to say. If you're a parent, you have children. But the people with kids right now, I'm curious if it makes you... It, I'm curious if this time right now is feels different to you in that... Is, is it weird to be out of your schedule? Meaning that, you know, as parents, you're used to the kids being in school from X amount of time to X amount of time, whatever month to whatever month. And, you know, you know that you're going to have your kids home for the summer. And so many parents are used to having their kids at home for the summer that they kind of have a plan or an idea of what the kids are going to do when they're home. But during this time right now, you know, the kids still have to learn. I mean, school year is technically on, so everybody's doing homeschooling, which, oh my, honestly, whew, if I had to homeschool a kid right now, ooh, Megan, I hope this kid would be graded on pop culture from the 80s and 90s, because that's all I got to offer. Like, look, I know math. I know my math. You know, it's been a minute since I've been in school. You know, it's been a lot. Well, look, it hasn't been a minute. It has been hours since I've been in school. And now we got this new math. 
that's new to me because, you know, I know how to do the math I grew up with and now it's all these other different forms and I'm like, oh my God, I feel dumb. Um, so the idea of having to homeschool someone is already daunting and overwhelming to me as someone who doesn't have kids that I can't, I can't even imagine what it's like for the parents right now. So here's my question. Parents that have children right now that are at home that, you know, maybe they have to homeschool or, you know, or school's done till fall, both situations, what have you. Is it weird? Is it weird to have the, the kids at home right now? Because, you know, I was doing the math and I think that by the time, if the kids can go back to school in the fall here in Los Angeles, the kids will have been at home for about six months minimum, I think, six, seven months, which makes me think, I mean, that's just such a long time that the parents are not used to having the kids at home so much. Is that shift in scheduling making people um, have a an aha moment right now. That's something that I, I think is so interesting. Um, so what have I been doing? Guys, you know, I feel like I've been keeping myself busy doing things. I have something that I will mention later on when I talk about the thing I'm into this week um, that is so on brand for me, but uh, I'm really looking forward to talking about it. But, you know, I've been keeping myself busy doing things and honestly, I've been spending the last couple of days uh, setting up the podcast, um, setting up the, you know, a different site for my podcast. I'm trying to do this, set it up correctly to where I can actually get feedback, like analytics, info, everything, you know, to see, are there four people listening to this podcast or did I just make up the number four? Because I always say thank you to my four listeners and I don't even know if four people listen to it. So I've been working on that and... Um, it's kind of exciting to set up my podcast and see if I'm going to do this. Like, um, you know, I was talking to my friend Steve and I was telling him, you know, about the podcast and how I, you know, it's like on and off and blah, blah, blah. And finally, you know, and it's funny because Steve, you know, Steve is like my best friend. He knows everything about me. He's known me for years. And uh, we we're talking about the podcast. And basically he was saying like, Chris, you don't do anything halfway. Like you don't just chance or dabble in it. You go all the way. So why not go all the way with this podcast? And you know, it's funny because like when you hear something that you know about yourself from someone else, sometimes you start thinking, oh man, you're so right that it almost makes you mad. Because you think like for me, I think I know myself. I've lived with myself my entire life and I need to be reminded of that all the time. It's so weird. It's that thing where sometimes you can give yourself, you can give people advice, but you can't give yourself the same advice. You know, it, it's kind of that thing where you have to look outwards and see the situation. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and do this podcast. I like doing it. I, I like once I'm doing it, I have so much fun and uh, I've been keeping myself busy with that. Okay. So last week I went on uh, IG live. I don't really go on Instagram live it's this weird thing where I feel like I'm bothering people. You know, I don't like bombarding people. And, and it's weird that during a global pandemic, you know, we're not supposed to go out if you, if you, if you don't have to. We have to stay at home. And I still don't want to bother anyone going live on Instagram. Isn't it weird? In my mind, I feel like I'm bothering people if I go online because I think everyone at home is just surrounded by loved ones, playing a board game and hugging each other, you know, whatever families do and stuff. I mean, I live by myself. So I always think I don't want to bombard people. But last week I did go online because I also like talking to people online. I like to keep in touch with people. Also, I get to learn things sometimes. So like last week I went, um, I went on Instagram, talked to people for a while and I can't remember how, but the topic of, uh, Puerto Rican and Cuban food came up. We were talking about something where obviously we we're talking about food and somebody, uh, one of the people watching the, the Instagram live asked me about Puerto Rican or Cuban food. Like, what do I like from both cultures? And I had to be honest. I, I flat out said, I, I know nothing about that food. Like, I'm Mexican. So 
I know Mexican food. My mom was a cook at a Mexican restaurant. Uh, I grew up in a border town in Texas. So, you know, most of my, you know, Latino food that I've eaten has been Mexican food. So then I realized, I told everybody, I'm completely clueless when it comes to Puerto Rican and Cuban food, which by the way, can we just talk about that? See, I am Latina and I don't know, I'm not familiar with Puerto Rican and Cuban. That just shows you that even though we're all technically under the Latino umbrella, we're all different. You know, I, I, and I'm, and I am so honest in saying, I don't know Puerto Rican or Cuban food because I didn't grow up with it. And like I said, I like learning new things. So I had to ask people, you know, I know nothing of it. So I started asking people, what are some of the most popular dishes from each one? Uh, and, uh, you know, I wanted to see if I knew any, and if I didn't, I want people to teach me, you know, I like learning. So, um, someone said, uh, like overall the people said ropa vieja and mofongo. And first of all, when I hear the words ropa vieja, I think of old clothes because that's what it translates into in English. But apparently it's kind of like a shredded meat dish. I think that's a good way to describe it. I think that's what ropa vieja is. Um, then I asked people what mofongo was on the Instagram live. And I noticed my sister Julie was on and she told me what it is. And it stopped me dead, like in my tracks immediately. I was like, Hey, you and I grew up in the same house. We had the same parents. How do you know? And she says, Oh, she's made mofongo before. And I thought, when did you make mofongo? I mean, look. The closest we get to being Puerto Rican is being from a town called San Juan. And that's a border town in Texas. So it's weird, you know, people started describing what, you know, mofongo was, ropa vieja. I had never had a plantain till I was maybe in my 20s. I didn't even know what, I didn't know what that word was, plantains. Uh, it wasn't until I went to Miami for the first time and fell in love with it. And I was like, where have you been all my life? You know? Um, and it just goes to show you how a lot of the dishes that we have can be similar to things that, that we have in other cultures, but there's always that spin to it, you know? And it's funny to me how being in my forties, I realized that I don't know Puerto Rican and Cuban food which just goes to show you, I mean, it's, look, it doesn't make me feel bad at all, but it just shows you how much more there is out there that I don't know. And that, and that's the weird thing, right? Is that when we talk about like the representation mattering and everything and having representation, accurate representation on TV, film, politics, everything, you know, this is why, this is why it's important to have the, the representation because just in this conversation that I was having on an Instagram live, I was talking about food and people were educating me about Puerto Rican and Cuban food, right? And it's that thing where I didn't know it and I loved learning it. But see, that's interesting because I immediately started thinking, you know, that would be a, a really cool episode for a TV show or an episode of something where we actually get to sit around. If we have somebody that's, you know, you know, like in this example, Mexican and Puerto Rican, Cuban, and we all talk about our dishes, our food and stuff. It's, it's nice to have that conversation and see what we all have in common and what, what makes us different, you know, because that just shows you again, that's the representation. We have so much alike. We connect in so many ways, but we're all such individuals. And that doesn't even go with just Latino. That does, that's not the Latino world. I mean, that's everybody. You know, I, I was talking to somebody this week and I was telling them, we were talking about how uh, for years I was doing stand-up, uh, I was doing stand-up gigs for colleges for years. You know, this is before I got uh, my sitcom. And the state that I worked in the most was Wisconsin. And it's funny because, you know, a lot of people think that if you 
do Latin, you know, if you do stand up and you're Latino, you know, you go to certain markets, you know, and every, you know, it, it, that's just how it works. It's how it's been set up for years and how it shouldn't work and how we need to change it. But people, when I mention Wisconsin, they're like, oh, really? Like, why? Why Wisconsin? And I'm like, I worked Wisconsin because the colleges there used to book me a lot, you know, and all the shows were great. I mean, there was, you know, the University of Wisconsin chain in, in that state is insane. They have so many colleges. I had no idea how many colleges in Wisconsin existed. You know, I would go to all of them. I remember having great shows in, in so many of them. I will say that there was one, like, they were all great shows. I can't remember where in Wisconsin it was, but I know it was Wisconsin. Um, get this, right? So here's the thing. I do these gigs in Wisconsin and some of them would be in smaller towns and uh, the shows would be on the weekend sometimes. So families, the local, you know, the people that live there that didn't have anything, you know, that didn't have students in the college, they would sometimes come and see the shows too because it was a thing to do. And I realized that my experience, what I talked about, even if I talked about being Latina and how I grew up and, you know, just having a, a Mexican family and what have you, it resonated with people in those tiny towns in Wisconsin because there was also an overlap. I also talked about, you know, growing up Catholic. I also talked about being a blue collar family, you know, living paycheck to paycheck and not knowing, you know, what to do when things got tough. And it was that thing, that familiar feeling that that we connected on. And it actually taught me that that was when I first started realizing that we really all have so much in common, even though we're different. And the fact that we're different is amazing and should be celebrated because again, it makes us individuals. So let me tell you this story. I just thought of it right now. So I was doing this, um, I was doing this college gig and I did the show. It was a fun show, you know, I, it was packed. It was great. And, uh, God, I hope I haven't done this. I haven't, I hope I haven't told the story, but I don't think I have. Um, so I finished doing the, the stand-up show and all of a sudden students start coming up to me and they start asking me for my autograph. And I'm thinking, this is really weird because nobody asks for my autograph. Everybody's asking, like, can I have your autograph? Can I have your autograph? If you saw it from far away, you would wonder, like, who is this person? Why don't I know her? She has to be super famous. Like, everybody's in line for her. And I thought, this is so weird. And then, <laughs> halfway through meeting everybody, I realized... Some of the students there, and by some I mean most of them, that had gone to the show went because they were taking a Spanish class in school. And their teacher said that if they went to see me, they would get extra credit. And the only way they could prove that they came to the show was to get my signature. And I even thought, I don't speak Spanish in my set. But it was just the fact that I was Latina that counted as this thing, as credit for the Spanish class. And I thought, oh my God, I think about that all the time because seriously, if you, if you saw it from afar, you would have thought that I was Shakira. Like, you know what I mean? Everybody's like, what? And it just turns out I was part of their homework. It's so crazy, you know, but yeah, I I traveled the country and I, I went to a lot of states. I went, you know, I hit a lot of like Illinois, Wisconsin, Nebraska. I did a couple, you know, stops in, in Kansas. And it was always so weird to see what we connected with, you know. Um, <laughs> I still, like years later, I can still laugh about that because it was just like, I just started thinking like everybody that, didn't go to this like the show that just saw me signing stuff is probably thinking like is this like like, like who is this like who is this? you know it's it's insane so anyway 
it was really cool being on on the Instagram live and talking to people and getting a little education. I had somebody send me a video that they made for the Mofongo, you know, and a couple other videos, you know, and so it was really cool to learn stuff. And I like doing that kind of stuff. I like hanging out with people and I always like to play little songs and stuff. I think last, uh, last time I did the Instagram live, I started the whole thing with uh, a song from MC Hammer. It's called Adam's Groove. And he wrote this song for the Adam's Family movie. And I, I love this song. If you haven't heard it, if you're not familiar with it, go listen to it. Honestly, it's a great song to like walk to, to kind of exercise to. I have this playlist that I do for walking. I have a couple playlists and uh, that's on one of my playlists because I set up these playlists, these songs to where they have certain beats and tempos that match what I want to do. So when I go walk, sometimes I'll play a slower tempo song at the beginning to get me warmed up. And then once I, I want to go, you know, if I want to jog, when I want to jog, what have you, I will play a, a higher tempo song that kind of gets you in the group. And it's so funny because I like picking songs like the MC Hammer, Adam's Groove, because it's such a random song from, you know, me growing up that uh, sometimes I forget it's on the playlist. And when it comes out, it makes me feel so good. And it just gives you that energy to try to keep, you know, you know, walking consistently, trying to get some kind of exercise in. So <laughs> I started it out again. If you haven't checked it out, MC Hammer, Adam's Groove. It is so, it, it, I think you'll love it. It's just like a nice little, like for people that don't know it, it's a, it's kind of a throwback. It's a retro song, which I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, is that weird? Am I the only one that kind of feels weird when when you see something that you used to be into when you were younger and then you start doing the math and you realize that it's really old or not really old but it's older than what you thought you know I was watching Blade the other day I love Blade Blade is one of my favorite movies I just love to see Blade and I caught it it was on TV it was on a channel you know and I I started watching it and I was thinking, man, this movie is so good. I love this movie. And then I thought, did I see this in the theater? And then you start, and I started doing the math. Like, well, where was I? Did... Oh, I had no idea. Like, I had forgot that the movie was from 1998. It didn't seem that old. But once you start doing the math, uh, this movie could have had a quinceanera years ago. That's how long ago it's been. It, it's insane, you know, but it's it, it's a great movie. It's that thing, though, where uh, you know how sometimes you'll be driving. I don't know how relatable this is, but sometimes you'll be driving and then you start listening to songs that you grew up in in the classic rock stations. And you're thinking, I'm sorry, how is this classic rock? Like, this isn't old. And then you do the math and you start thinking, Oh my God, this is older than I thought. But wait a minute. That means that I'm older. I grew up with this song and this song is having an anniversary. That means, what? we? You mean I'm not in my 20s anymore? Which I'm not. That was another thing. I went, to, I went for a walk today. Um, I don't go out if I don't have to, but I wore my mask like you're supposed to. And uh, I went for a walk and I don't know what I was thinking about, but um, I realized that during this, uh, this isolation time, I realized that I've lost all concept of time. So I'll wake up and I'll, um, you know, it's like I do my day. Sometimes it just feels as if I've been up for a couple hours that just m melted together into this one blob of time. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, I have to go to bed. And <laughs> so I've lost all concept of time. I was on my walk and I started thinking, Christella, how old are you? And I realized for a second, I had no clue. Like I had no clue how old I was. 
then I started thinking, well, I mean, it's not weird, kind of. I mean, well, you should know how old you are. But then I start thinking, um, well, no one ever asks me. So sometimes I forget. So I started thinking about it. I'm like, how old am I? I have to do the math. And I'm like, well, am I this old? Am I that old? And then finally I'm like, girl, you are 41. And then I'm like, I forgot. It's so weird how sometimes we forget that information that um, we should know. I don't know about you guys, but me, when people ask me um, when I'm filling out something or, you know, I'm buying something or I'm whatever it is, and they ask me for my phone number, I look at them like they just insulted my mom, you know, because I have to think about it for a minute. I look at them and I'm like, what did you say to me? And I realize I have trouble remembering my phone number. And I always have to say the same thing. Like, I'm sorry. I give them my number and I'm like, I'm sorry. I just, I never call myself. So <laughs> I forgot what my number was. So um, anyway, going back to what I was talking about, kind of another thing is the, the concept of time thing. I don't know about you guys, but really I have no concept of time. Sometimes I live my day and I think it's four o'clock in the afternoon and then I look at my clock and it's noon and I'm thinking, oh, well, you mean there's more to this day? I, I was getting ready to, to go to bed. A couple days ago, I got tired. I want to go to bed at like six. I was just like, what, what am I doing up? And then I thought, no, because, you know, then it'll screw up my sleep. But, you know, it's that thing where I'm like, is it noon or is it midnight? I, I, I'm so confused. I have noticed that, you know, sometimes when you do that busy work, you forget. You know, you just forget um, what time it is because you start going into the hole, you know. For me, I'll tell you. I'm going to be upfront with you guys. I, uh, I limit myself to what I, what try to like the kind of information I get on social media. Um, I used to have this Twitter account years ago, my first Twitter account. It had, I don't know, maybe like seven, I mean, I think I had like 70,000 followers. Right. And, uh, it was, during the election, the last election, 2016. And I would get all these bots and all these trolls just coming after me. And it wasn't good mentally. Uh, and, you know, it got to this point where after the election, people were still just so vicious that I decided to deactivate my account. And I took two months off. And uh, when I logged back into my account, it turns out Twitter had deleted my account. And there was no way to get it back there was a way, but they didn't do it. Um, they were just like, we can't do anything. And I'm like, are you sure? And they're like, mm, I'm sorry, sad face. So I had to get a new account and start all over. And, um, it's this weird thing where I, you know, once I had the new account, I started realizing that I had actually lost all of the followers, which sucked because some of them I, you know, I used to enjoy and I couldn't remember what their handles were. And, you know, and people, you know, I didn't have the same followers. I had to start from zero. And then I started thinking, though, after a while with the new Twitter account, I had these these followers that I was really digging, you know, and I realized that getting that new Twitter account was actually kind of like a cleansing to me because it allowed me to um, to kind of start over with uh, people that that still followed me from the first account that found me again. But also it, it allowed me to, you know, find new people and f just kind of um, get rid of the bots and everything, you know, the, which is was so my experience now on Twitter is a lot different than it was four years ago, you know, three years ago, even two, you know, but so I go down this click hole. I'm the kind of person. I don't know about you guys, but I am the kind of person that I will click. I will google something random then all of a sudden you get this click hole thing that's like uh 
the top 25 Photoshop fails or whatever it is. And then I'm like, oh, let's see that. And just because I'm bored, right? Click on that. I see the, the Photoshop fails. And then I start clicking into another, you know, pretty much an hour later, I'm looking up cigars. I don't smoke. You know, so it's, it's like, you know, it's like that kind of thing. Well, so I, I went on this like classic internet surf, you know, I had no destination because again, there's no concept of time in my life right now. And one day I found myself clicking on people, um, that, uh, support 45. I don't like to mention his name, but you know, 45. And, uh, it blew my mind. I don't click on that. I, I, I have, I have 45 muted on Twitter. That That's how much of like a toxic connection that I don't want to have out there with anybody. I muted him, you know, highest office in the land. I'm like, mm, I'll just, I'll read what you say. Your voice kind of grates on me like mine does to others as well. But it was interesting to really see some of these comments and really understand. Well, not understand. I can't understand, but really see the, the conspiracy theories the people with the conspiracy, like the conspiracy theories, whoa, uh, I don't get it. The conspiracy theories, look, I don't get it. And this is coming from a Catholic. I think a guy built an ark that fit all of the animals in the world. But even with conspiracy theories, I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. You know, like, I've never paid attention to that world because my hobbies include believing in facts. But thanks to Twitter, I've been exposed to some stuff that connects point A and B to oranges. Like, the more I look at some of them, the more I realize that a lot of the conspiracy theories are just ways to explain things that don't make sense for people. And, and a lot of them were like, Look, I'm going to play ignorant. I really didn't know that so many of these conspiracy theories existed. But, you know, it's like, well, you know why unemployment's so high? Because of a pizza parlor in D.C. And it's like, what? What? And then I started thinking, I personally feel that sometimes people come up with these theories because they need to have an answer to why something didn't work out. I mean, I'm serious. You know, it's kind of like that thing, like, well, why did I lose that job? Well, because the pizza parlor in DC with Hillary. And it, it's like, it, like it, it makes no sense. Sometimes I see them and I'm like, what are you talking about? I mean, I don't know. Maybe you didn't get the job because someone else was qualified or you were 45's kid and were expected to somehow be amazing at everything. Who knows? But it's weird, you know, because then I started thinking about blues, like the blue, like, like blues, blues music, you know what I mean? Like the blues music, the blues. And I started thinking about how like the blues sometimes, I don't know if you guys have checked out. I don't know if you're familiar with the blues, but man, you hear, you hear some of these like, like musicians, the blues can hurt and the, the blues can make you feel the blues is about accepting what is happening in your life, even if it hurts, especially if it hurts. You know, they talk about their experience. Like they know they're going through some stuff and they just list the problems that they have, you know? And like, like this isn't a song, but it's kind of like, like, my lady left me, I burned my hand. I got fired from my job and I live in a trash can. You know what I mean? Like whatever. You know, you you hear it, you're like, man, this guy's been through some stuff. And then I look at these conspiracy theories, and I'm like, whoa. It's like, if they did blues music, 
conspiracy theorists would be like, my lady left me, I burned my hand, and it's because JFK Jr. is not really dead and secretly running the government. Like, what? Explain to me what happened here? Like, so that day, when I started seeing that, I got to the point where I had to, I had to close my laptop aggressively, almost, almost as if I was hanging up a phone call back in the day when you could hang up a phone. I was just like, I, I need to, I need to walk away from this because this is way too insane for me. And, um, and I did, <laughs> you know, and it's that thing where I realized that, but see, this is the perfect example. Um, I hadn't done that before, meaning I hadn't, I don't try to spend my time, you know, going down these like, you know, like paths where you end up just like in a completely different universe, you know, but I did it because like I said, I have no concept of time right now. I, again, I, right now, right now, when I, I'm here talking to you, I have no concept of what time it is right now. I will guess right now that it is around five o'clock. Now I'm going to look at my phone and my phone says it's three. My phone says it's three o'clock. And even then I thought five o'clock was like being generous. You know what I mean? I'm off by two hours. How? <laughs> it's, this is where I'm at. There are days every day I have to look up what day it is. I forgot what month we were in. I thought we were still in March, but we're in April. I, I it's just a blur. And I don't know if anybody feels like that too, you know? What else is going on this week? Oh, well, uh, you know, this past week we had, uh, we had Easter. So that happened. Uh, I obviously didn't do anything. Uh, I did post the story about, um, I posted the story on my social media about how, um, when I was eight, now... I never got the Easter baskets or anything like that. I think I got an Easter basket once when I was a kid. But, you know, um, again, we didn't have a lot of money. So um, what usually happened in our family, because we were Catholic, um, the holidays like Christmas and Easter were really all about the religion. We didn't have a lot of like the Easter bunny stuff or Santa Claus stuff or anything. And um, now there was a, a dollar store that was at this awesome mall in far Texas that we used to go to my, you know, my family, it was called, uh, El Centro mall and El Centro mall, um, had a Montgomery wards. I don't mean to drop names, but, uh, you know, MW in the house. If you know what Montgomery wards is, uh, you're cool and we can hang out. So there was a dollar store at this mall and, uh, my mom, and I would go to it and, uh, we would get random things, you know, they would have candy. You know, my mom had this, she liked this like a uh, marshmallow nougat bar that she liked getting, you know, it was that thing where we would go to the dollar store and because we didn't have money, we would have to put value into everything that we got. Like we would have to pick up, you know, a bag of candy and we're like, ah, is this a dollar's worth of candy? Like we had to assess things like that. So I remember those kind of stores. We've been going to, look, we've been going to dollar stores all of our lives. I love dollar stores. And those are the kind of stores that always, sometimes you'll find interesting stuff. I'll say that my brother uh, Eloy and I, we have this game where we go to a dollar store and we will spend uh, $5 and we try to find the weirdest products that they have. And then at the end of our trip, we decide, uh, we, we see we, we don't know what the other person got. And uh, we end up seeing what the weirdest purchase is. And whoever wins, wins everything that was purchased. It's, it's really fun. It's, uh, it, it's like a supermarket sweep with, uh, with no money, with uh, $10. So those stores always have these candies sometimes that are just candies you don't normally find everywhere. And when I was eight years old for Easter, my mom bought me this uh, chocolate cross, you know, and uh, it was an Easter candy and it was cheap, you know, she could afford it. She got it for me. She gave it to me. 
And I was so excited because it was chocolate. And the moment I was going to open it, like I couldn't because it was a cross. We were Catholic. I wanted the chocolate, but I also like, I realized that if I wanted the chocolate, I would had I would have to eat the, the cross. I would literally, I would have to eat the crucifixion. Like I would literally, like I would be eating the cross, the crucifixion on the holiday where we are acknowledging that he was crucified. Jesus Christ. I mean, what? That was like a test. You know, it's like those, uh, those stories in the Bible where you like, everybody gets tested. That's what I thought my mom was doing. I'm like, Oh, this woman, she wants to know how Catholic I am. Well, guess what? <laughs> I got this. So for days I wouldn't eat it and I would just walk by it and I would look at it and I'm thinking it's chocolate, but it's also this cross. And that's when you realize like the Catholicism thing, it just, it's just embedded in you, you know? And look, I, I, I loved, I loved growing up Catholic for me, you know? I've always said that uh, when, you know, even when my family had nothing, we always had faith. And when you don't have anything, faith is something that is absolutely necessary and helpful. But this idea, that's the thing, though, is that the guilt and everything, it sneaks up on you. I would have never thought that my Catholic guilt would pop up with chocolate, but it did. And there I was. Days in, just walking at the by that cross, thinking, oh, oh, like, I want you, but should I want you? Days later, finally, I buckled down. I, like, I gave up. I got that cross. I opened it up, and I started biting into it. And I started just, like, I, I hated myself. It, it's, it's as if I was, I was crying while I was eating the chocolate cross. You know, like I, I would eat like, <laughs> you know, like I would have these moments where I love the chocolate, but I hated that it was a cross. And then finally, halfway through the cross, it just hit me. I'm like, wait a minute, you're Catholic. You can eat this cross and then ask for forgiveness. And guess what? You're good. And that's what I did. I ate the chocolate cross. And then afterwards, I'm like, forgive me. Uh, I know better now. And I went on with my life. But that was an Easter story that I have in my arsenal. That's the kind of holiday story I have. My stories uh, for the holidays, they, they're usually not like, you know, stories that you could have these like wonderful memories to Actually, my memories are wonderful. They're just different. So that was my Easter story that I wrote about. And um, yeah, so now, you know, it's funny because Easter, uh, you know, it's that thing where when Easter happens, I realize that we're a quarter of the year, like into like 2020, April, you know, it's the fourth you know, the fourth month, it's 25% of 2020 is done, you know, and it's so weird. It's so weird to be living 2020 like this, you know, it's, um, it's a weird thing. But again, I've lost all concept of time, which leads me to the part of the podcast when I talk about drum, please, we have no drums. The thing I'm into this week. Okay. Look, this is the part of the podcast where I talk about what I'm into this week. Sometimes it can be something silly. Sometimes it's something serious. Sometimes, look, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to be into in the week. I just look back and think, what did I do this week that I wanted to do? And this week, I uh, I bought a sewing machine. And I'm into sewing. I have not gotten my sewing machine yet. I just ordered it, but it comes uh, from uh, me having to make myself a mask. Um, And, you you know, we have to wear masks out. And uh, Los Angeles, um, you have to wear a mask when you go into essential businesses or you can be be refused service. So, like, if you go to the supermarket, you got to wear a mask. And I 
had set up a pickup for the groceries, you know, and I had to go. So I made a mask and I had to hand sew it. And the thing is, I'm actually really good at sewing. Um, my mom taught me how to sew. My mom used to make my clothes for me when I was a kid. Um, my mom and I used to take, uh, my mom, my sister and I, we used to take the, um, uh, the bus from my hometown, San Juan, to the big city of McAllen. And uh, there was a uh, store named Gilbertos that had fabric. And uh, on Mondays, we would go on Mondays because that was my mom's day off, and we would buy uh, fabric. And it was always like cotton fabric, the thin, cheap fabric that you could buy, you know, um, that was really like affordable. And my mom would make me uh, skirts like a little, like a pinafore kind of skirt, you know, like a, you know, um, like almost like a, you know, like the, like the, the, the kind of like an overall skirt, you know what I mean? And, uh, she used to have this old sewing machine. And I mean, old, like, if you ever saw the three amigos at the end, they're making costumes and they use these old machines. That was like my mom's machine. It, you know, it was one of those old machines where, it came with, um, like with a desk, like the brown wooden desk and you would have to open it up and set it up. And then you would have to like bring up the sewing machine from the middle, you know, the console area, you know, it's a big to do, but, uh, my mom would make me my clothes and I would always find the sewing fascinating. So my mom started teaching me how to sew when I was a little kid. And, um, the first thing I, I, I did by myself, I learned how to, uh, cross stitch and, um, my mom would buy me, uh, patterns and I would do cross stitch and I would make pillowcases for us, or I would make like dish towels for us with like the things that I cross stitched with. So I've always liked sewing. Um, my first job, my mom never wanted me to have a job when I was a teenager because she wanted me to focus on school. And honestly, I think she wanted to just keep track of where I, I was all day. So um, my first job I didn't have until I went to college and uh, it was as a seamstress. They were looking for people to sign up for the costume build, you know, um, that's what they called it, for uh, the theater um, that we, you know, for the college I went to and also this regional theater at the school. And, uh, I started working. I said, I can sew. I don't know if I can sew on this level, but you know, I, I know the basics and I started working there and I would make, uh, you know, a lot of period clothes and I would make a lot of costumes for the shows. And, uh, I ended up becoming really good at making, uh, corsets and I ended up getting a job as a seamstress for an opera theater. And there was, uh, a lot of the shows had corsets and I learned how to make corsets and I was really good at it. And, um, you know, that was actually my three, my first three or four jobs were sewing. And I was really excited to make a mask because I, I haven't used that skill in so long that I wanted to see if I could still do it. And I just got this fabric that I had because I'm that person. I'm the person. I'm like the crafty mom again that doesn't have children, but I'm like the crafty mom. Like I will go to Joanne's. I'll go to Michael's. I'll buy little things to do. I like to buy little embellishments. I like to put it on my clothes and stuff. I just, I love it. I love that kind of stuff, but sewing something I hadn't done in a while. So I just kind of grabbed this little, uh, fabric, uh, that I had and I started kind of winging it. And I just started thinking about things that I had seen people do with the bandanas on how to make the bandana mask. And, and then I thought about the pleats and I looked up a video and then I thought, yeah, I'm on the right track. And then I hand sewed it and it came out really good. And I was so happy about that, that I started thinking, you know, I forgot that I was good at this. Now, I don't know if anybody, if anybody feels like this sometimes, but do you ever do that one thing that you used to do when you were younger and you might do it again and, and it, it reminds you like, hey, I used to be able to do this, but for some reason you stopped doing it 
could have been time. It could have been responsibility. It could have been, you know, a, a myriad of things, you know, a variety of things. And, um, that's how I felt with the sewing. When I made the mask and I saw what I made, it made me feel so happy. And I started thinking, Christella, you used to make clothes. Like you used to make clothes for a living. Why don't you try to make something? And then I thought, well, you know what? I, why not? I got the time. I've got the means to buy a sewing machine. I don't need a fancy machine. All I need are basic stitches. And uh, I found a sewing machine online and I bought it. And I bought, you know, just some thread and stuff. And then I started thinking, well, you know what? I'm going to go look at patterns and see what patterns they have. I went to Michael's and I found this pattern that I liked and I ordered it and I, you know, it should be coming eventually. I don't know, you know, the, the shipping, everything with the coronavirus, you know, is delayed, which obviously it should be because my machine isn't a priority, but you know, um, I'll get the pattern. I want to look at the pattern and kind of see where it goes. And I wanted to think about what the pattern was like and make myself this outfit. And I wanted to do it just because I could. And to me, the idea makes me really happy. It excites me. Because that's the thing is that I have this tendency to not think that I'm good at anything. You know, it's this, it's low self-esteem. You know, I always say I have... You know, I, I have low self-esteem because it's half the calories of regular self-esteem. And uh, I just never think that I, I'm good at anything. It's just kind of like, eh, it's that whole thing with, it's kind of like the imposter syndrome where I feel like people will find out that I'm not good at something, that I faked it all the way or whatever. But the sewing, I don't know what it is. You know, the sewing reminded me, Christella, you were really good at this. And you, you could have had a career doing this. And I wanted to try it out again. And I got to admit, that's one of the cool things that's, that happened to me during this time is that, you know, it allowed me that situation, having to learn how to make the mask, you know, how to, you know, the fact that I had to make a mask reminded me of a skill that I had forgotten I had. And, you know, not only was I good at it, but it was a reminder of something like a gift that my mom gave me, you know, and that was the gift of sewing. And, um, some of you that might be listening, all four of you, uh, know that I'm a plant mom. I love plants. I have a lot of plants. I don't take pictures of my plants. <laughs> a lot of, I'm at the point now where I'm thinking about starting an Instagram for my plants because <laughs> I have so many plants. I learned how to garden for my mom. And, uh, my, I learned sewing for my mom. So it's these little skills that I remember that my mom taught me that she taught me, you know, because she was into it, but also because they were simple things to do that gave us something back, you know, like with gardening, you can garden herbs and vegetables, you know, you, you can get something back from it with the sewing you can actually get something back. You can get an outfit back. And I don't know why, but I find it so comforting right now. And maybe it's because it reminds me of my mom, but it's this thing where um, I got so excited and I can't wait to get my machine. And that's the thing I'm into this week. I am into uh, sewing. I am into getting reminded of this very specific skill that I had, that I forgot I had. And now I want to explore it and do it again. And it makes me so happy. And I love when I get to discover something that makes me happy. I mean, I think we all do, right? We all want to bump into that thing that brings us joy. And I hope you guys do. I hope, you know, I hope that, I hope that you're, you know, that you have this time right now that maybe sometimes allows you to just think about something makes you remember something about your past that maybe you forgot about. I'm not one of those people that likes to tell everybody, you know, during this time, you should be doing A, B, and C. And after this time, you should have a book written. Like, no, you shouldn't. 
And why put yourself through all that pressure? We're already living through a lot of pressure. We're living in a weird time. Why would you want to try to give yourself these expectations that you might not reach just because? I mean, for me, I'm trying to use this time, and I don't even think it's intentional, but I just think about what would make me happy at this point? Like, what activity would make me happy? What what would I do? What can I do? And the sewing made me happy. You know, I was playing the harmonica the other day. I learned to play the harmonica when I was 18 years old. You know, and I got the harmonica because it was an instrument I could afford. And I wanted to play it. And I was playing the harmonica the other day and I started thinking, man, it's so funny. I was playing the harmonica. And now I ordered a sewing machine and I want to do this pattern. And, you know, again, I haven't decided what kind of fabric I want to use for the pattern, but there's something about it that excites me because I just want to see if I remember how to do it. And I don't know. I think that right now, because we're so restricted on so many things that we can do here in this area and most of the country, um, I'm just trying to find happiness in things that used to make me happy. And I forgot. Sewing made me happy. It's been a week since I recorded a podcast. A lot of things have happened in that week. Um, You know, it's a lot of the same stuff. We're trying to... We're trying to do our part to get to the other side of everything. And I'm sure we're going to get there. And uh, I just want to give a special thanks to everybody working in the front lines, the healthcare workers, the doctors, the nurses, but also uh, the people working at the grocery store, the migrant farm workers, um, the delivery drivers, anybody that is considered, that has been labeled an essential worker. uh, You are so essential. And um, I know that. I, I know how important you are. And, uh, I hope that after this, um, everyone gets to see it and you get rewarded for it the way that you deserve. So I'm going to wrap things up and I want to tell everybody, thank you for listening to me. Thank you for, uh, listening to this podcast. If you made it this far. I don't know how many people will make it this far. I don't know if it's all four of you or not. Um, (laughs) I will post this uh, podcast um, and share it. You can uh, please feel free to subscribe to it. It's available on a lot of platforms, but, you know, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, whatever, you know, a variety of choices. And um, I'm going to leave you with just a thought, and it's a very simple thought. Um, it's like I said last week, I hope everybody's doing as best as they can. Um, I hope that the people that feel stressed, that feel anxious, uh, because I, I deal with anxiety and I deal with, uh, depression and some of you might be going through some of those feelings right now. Um, I want you to know that, uh, it's a very normal feeling. It's uh, a lot more common than you think, and it is okay to feel like that. Um, sometimes when I get into those feelings, when I'm into those those moments, I realize that those feelings are here, but they will also go away. I want uh, everybody to have a good week, and I don't know... Maybe, maybe you do what I suggested or maybe just to take some time to think about a thing you used to like to do when you were younger or a thing that you were really into that you haven't done in a while and ask yourself, why haven't I done it? Maybe you can see if, if you can do it again. It's really about being happy. You got to make the best of what you got. So having said that, we have reached the ending of another 
episode of To Be Continued with the Cristela Alonzo. I am Cristela Alonzo. I have been Cristela Alonzo the entire hour, and I will continue being Cristela Alonzo after this. So thank you guys for uh, tuning in, and I will be back next week with another episode. I hope everybody has a great week, and remember, we're just doing the best we can. So go and do the best you can. You got this. All right, everybody. I will talk to you next week. Bye.